1: I was in prayer this morning, and I really asked God for his specific word, and he gave me Daniel chapter 11, verse 32, they that know their God shall be strong and do great exploits. Now, when you take that in context, it becomes even more powerful because it's actually descriptive of the people of God in the time of the Antichrist, in the time when the pressure against Christianity in this world will reach a peak There will never be anything in the past to compare with the persecution that will come in that era. But it said, they that know their God, not just those that know about God, but those who know their God shall be, not might be, not could be, but shall be strong and do exploits. Exploits are incredible, miraculous mighty acts of God. I believe if they, in that day, in that time of darkness, when gross darkness will cover the earth, if they can be strong, you and I can be strong in the midst of adversity and disappointment and heartache and difficulty and challenge. We can be strong. I'm going to take you to Isaiah 53 verses 10 through 12. Actually, I am going to share with you about one of the names God has given his people. And most of you know, that's been my theme for 35 years, the names and the titles of the children of God, who God says we are, what our identity is, what our inheritance is. And one of the most unique names given to God's people is found in Isaiah 53, the chapter that graphically describes the crucifixion. It even starts off saying, who shall believe our report and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And then it goes on to say, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. But then when you go all the way through to the last verse, verse 12, it says, therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong. He shall divide the spoil with the strong. Who's he referring to? Because he poured out his soul unto death and he was numbered with the transgressors and he bore the sin of many and he made intercession for the transgressors. That's a reference to you and I. We are, or at least we were the transgressors. We transgressed. We went outside the boundary of God's moral laws, God's guidelines for the lives of human beings, and yet he's going to divide the spoil with us, and he refers to us as the strong. Now, first of all, what is spoil? Spoil is plunder or booty taken from an enemy defeated in battle, and every time I use the word booty, my daughter gives me this big smile like, You shouldn't be using that word, dad. It means something different now. But if you go to Webster's Dictionary, he's in agreement with me that uh, spoil is plunder or booty taken from an enemy defeated in battle. Well, who did Jesus defeat? More than one enemy. He defeated sin. He defeated death. He defeated the devil. He defeated the fallen nature that's against every one of us. And all of these are enemies of the souls of men. He defeated all of them and took the spoil. Now, what spoil did he get? Well, the spoil is usually an enemy's most precious possessions. And the spoil that was taken back from the devil was his dominion, his lordship, in a sense, over this world. Satan was the prince of this world. But Jesus said, now he will be cast out of that position of dominion and authority. And not only did Jesus repossess that authority and that lordship in this realm, he passed that dominion to us because it said here he would divide the spoil with the strong. Now you may not envision yourself this way. You may not look at yourself this way, but you are one of the strong. You may think I'm one of the confused. I'm one of the weak. I'm one of those that are beat up mentally and emotionally. But when you really size up your strengths as opposed to what the world is throwing at you, you are stronger than sin, you are stronger than Satan, you are stronger than the fallen nature, and you are stronger than death and the grave and hell itself because all of these things have been put under your feet. And God refers to you as the strong. I dare you to lift your hand and say, I am who God says I am, and I have what God says I have. Now, let me go to Colossians chapter two, verse 15. That verse is talking about the crucifixion. And it says that through his death on the cross, he spoiled principalities and powers. Now, what is a principality? Well, shorten the word, it's like a prince. There's a chain of command in the devil's kingdom and there are princes over regions. Read the book of Daniel, you'll find out that's true. There's are certain areas, certain countries, certain regions that are dominated by a prince, demonically, a demon of high authority and, and all the demons in that area are under his command and they are the powers, principalities and powers. But the Bible says that Jesus spoiled principalities and powers and made a show of them openly. In other words, he brought them to shame. He disgraced them. He showed them their weakness. He proved to them their powerlessness before the blood that he shed and the death that he died. Think of that. Now, why did he spoil principalities and powers? not just to take that back unto himself, the dominion of this realm and all that they've stolen from the human race, purity and joy and peace and virtue, but he brought it back so that he could distribute it to you. And you need to get that mindset. No wonder, even in the Old Testament, in Psalm 119, verse 162, the psalmist said, I rejoice at thy word as one who finds great spoil. Because when you read the word of God, when you read, especially in the New Testament, you find out there's treasure waiting for you that Jesus procured with his suffering, with his passion, with his anguish, with his sorrow. He was a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief so that you could be acquainted with joy. He was a man of sorrow so that you could be a man or a woman of happiness. He brought it back so that we could partake of it. And that is just absolutely awesome. Now, four main ways that you and I qualify to be among the strong. And the last one is going to surprise you, I guarantee you. There's many scriptures that talk about the strength we have, but these are the ones i wanted to emphasize First of all, Romans chapter 4 verses 18 through 20 talk about how Abraham and Sarah, when he was 99, when she was 90, they were well stricken in years, the Bible said, but he considered not his own body now dead, so apparently he'd gotten to the place of impotency, he considered not his own body now dead, nor yet the deadness of Sarah's womb but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Now, that's what balances it out. It's not an ego thing for you to assert your faith and throw your spiritual authority around. It's all for the glory of God. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And the verse right prior to it says, being not weak in faith, being not weak in faith. So it's saying the same thing. Being not weak in faith and being strong in faith, he considered not what was against him. And I challenge you to get your focus off the negative. Get your focus off the anxiety-filled newscasts that you can listen to right now. Get your focus off of your own past and any miserable mistakes you might've made in the past or the fear of the future. What's awaiting us in our tomorrows? get your mind off of that instead consider not those things but consider the fact that your faith is strong enough to make you an overcomer and if abraham and sarah could overcome old age enough to have a child when he was 99 and she was 90 then you can just take hold of your circumstance by faith and see god move in a mighty way and there's a way to exercise that faith You started out this journey by speaking the word of faith. And that's found in Romans 10, verses eight through 10. It, It talks about how that the word is near you, even in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith, which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. And so you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ And all of a sudden, a demonically controlled, dark soul that qualifies only to be a sinner is translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. That quick, you become an heir of eternal life because you dared to confess the word of faith. And I believe if that's what started such a dramatic change in you, then that's going to be a continuous process in your life. Speak the word of faith. When sickness comes against you, dare to say, it is written with his stripes, I was healed. That's how Jesus faced off with the devil. He would say, it is written, it is written, it is written. So be strong in faith and let that strength of faith be exhibited in your words, amen to that. Well, the next way you are strong is to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's Ephesians 6.10. How do you get in this position of being in the Lord? Well, he said, I am divine you are the branches. The branches in the vine. It's connected to the vine. It's united with the vine. The same life sap that flows through the vine flows through the branches. And if you are in Christ, you are under his headship and the life of God that flows through him flows into you. And he imparts to you, he transfers to you all that he has and all that he is because that's your inheritance. The Bible refers to you as heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And if you are under his lordship, and if you are in the Lord, there is a significant inheritance waiting on you there. In fact, in the first chapter of Ephesians, it says, in him, we have obtained an inheritance. What is that Inheritance, Well, I could go through a number of scriptures that contain the words in him or in Christ or in the Lord, because each one of them talks about that treasury of blessings and promises that are contained in this position. In fact, the scripture says all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Outside of him, there's all kinds of negatives in your life. But if you are truly yielded to his authority and submitted to his lordship, no matter what comes your way. It may be something that looks divinely appointed and it may look like something that looks demonically disappointing. But either way, if you are in him, you know that you've got access to 7,487 promises and all the promises of God in him are yes and amen. Praise God, you are in a protected place. You are in a secure place. You are in a victorious place. And I could give you a lot of other scriptures, like 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature or a new creation. And that new creation, man, is renewed day by day and moment by moment. And then 2 Corinthians 5, 21. God made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you're in him, the very righteousness he possesses is passed to you. Ephesians 1, 3, blessed be the God and father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. If you are in Christ, you're under the shower of, of blessings, not a portion of what is due to you, but blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. There's no lack to you. You're going to be a winner one way or the other. That takes me to the next scripture, and that's found in Paul's writing to Timothy. He said, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I like to just give you a little quick summary of what grace is. It's two main things. Number one, grace is divinely imparted ability. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. But then grace is also unmerited love that picks sinners up from the miry clay and cleans us up and establishes us in a relationship with God. So grace is both divinely imparted ability and unmerited love. That's why the scripture says that sin shall no longer have dominion over you because you're not under the law, you're under grace. And grace first gives you, watch it now, the divinely imparted ability To live above sin. That's God's preference and that's God's choosing for us. Grace is not a way to get by with sin. Grace is an empowerment. Not only that, it quickens within you a desire to live above sin. But if by chance you falter and fall flat on your face, grace changes its face in a good way and it becomes unmerited love to pick you back up again and to establish you and make you righteous again when you humble yourself before God and believe. And so one way or the other, God's gonna make sure you are victorious because he always causes us to triumph in Christ and be strong in the grace which is in Christ. You're in such a secure place. Listen, if Jesus is the head of your life, the Bible says you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. Now I told you the last one, and this is the fourth one, might surprise you, is where Paul asked God to take away from him this thorn in the flesh that he had, which I believe was a messenger from Satan, a demon that kept reminding him of the failure of his past to the point where he murdered Christians and tortured them to get them to deny the Lord. That was certainly a horrific Recurring memory to him that would just bash him mentally and emotionally. And he asked God to take it away from him. Whether it was that or not, we don't know, but he asked God, he pled with God three times to take away this thorn in the flesh. God said, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. In other words, God is saying, I'm allowing this to beat you down to the place where you feel utterly weak because then you're not gonna depend on yourself. You're gonna plug in, like you take a a plug and put it in a socket. You're gonna plug into the strength that is only found in God. And that's why Paul said, "'Therefore, I will rather rejoice in my infirmities "'that the power of Christ might rest upon me. "'For when I am weak, then I am strong.'" I know that sounds like an unbelievable scenario to you, but it's true. And you ought to quote it, when I am weak, then I am strong, because I learned to depend completely on him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he's going to be there for you. I've got one last scripture for you. It's Joel 3.10. It says, let the weak say, I am strong. What you say is very important. Listen, when they gave us the report, that our daughter, when Elizabeth was just four or five months pregnant, had spina bifida and cretinism and the doctor suggested abortion and we jumped up ready to leave his office as quickly as possible. As we left, God spoke to Elizabeth, your daughter will dance on the streets of Jerusalem. So she had a word from God and we had a word from man and the word from man said your daughter will be crippled and unable to communicate or function as a normal human being. But we had a word from God. He said she would dance. So for the next four months, we fought the good fight of faith. That's how you come into strength. You fight to be strong in faith, to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might, and to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And so for the next four months, we dared to quote over and over again, Psalm 138, verse eight, the Lord will perfect that which concerns me over and over and over again. And then when she was born That's the first word that came out of the doctor's mouth. She's perfect, praise God. Would it have happened if we had not confessed and fought the fight of faith and believed God and and seized the promises? Who knows? But I tend to believe that's a miracle child sitting across the room from me right now. I believe it was because we learned how to be strong when we felt utterly weak because we had this overwhelming statement from the lips of a doctor. Now, you may be facing some overwhelming feelings right now because of all the stuff going on in the media, but you have a savior, you have a redeemer, your Lord is mighty, and don't ever forget it, you have four sources of strength that make you invincible, unconquerable, and everlastingly victorious. You can shout about it all day long.